0: Welcome back to the Scorpio International Holding Company, LLC, here on Republic Broadcasting Network. This is hour number two, and in this hour, I have a very special guest, a man who is a walking encyclopedia of history, and a man who tells history directly from the source, directly from the records of those who participated, not the controlled pablum we see in most places mr mike gaddy mike hello sir how are you oh welcome uh dave uh, that was a heck of an introduction buddy <laughs> you sure you got the right guy well i don't know how to check my records no <laughs> no i i think it's all true and uh no really no one else is doing what you do uh with the history and uh, i've learned a lot over the years since i've known you mike and um you know there's so many places i want to uh talk with you uh, to me, so many different aspects of what's going on in this world that I want to get your take on. But um, you know, a few weeks back I made the observation that Donald Trump, what we're seeing uh, in the media, it's a psyop because we're being inundated with Donald Trump stories every day, all day. Uh, It's much like COVID. I kind of compared it to COVID. COVID was the last giant operation where we were told every day you're going to die Your parents are going to die. You better take this shot. Uh, You know, stay six feet away, wear a mask, or else you're going to die. You know, I mean, that was like, what, a year of that. And when I checked the news feed on like Yahoo or one of these other news aggregation sites, maybe six out of of, of the eight top stories all revolve around one aspect or another of Donald Trump. So I see this as a psyop, and I think you do too. And... Could you maybe give your your perspective on that, but could you first, what is the exact definition of of a PSYOP uh, that you would say, Mike? Well,
1: uh, a PSYOP, as uh, I was uh, trained back uh, four decades ago, uh, a PSYOP is something that is used to control the emotions of people and to prevent them from thinking logically about anything, and so you, you deal with the emotions. People uh, are much more, especially in this day and time, and I credit that to back uh, uh, probably 30 years ago when they went to this uh, self-esteem deal in school where nobody can say anything uh, you know bad that hurts your feelings or anything else, and everything became emotions. And so what a prime time. To bring Donald Trump into the mix because they needed a populist. They had an election in 2012 and it was Twiddle D versus Twiddle Dumb, and a lot of voters didn't show up. The powers that be knew that to show that uh, the government was accepted by the people, they could not afford an election in 2016 between Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton because. People just wouldn't have shown up. It just wasn't going to happen. So they had to come up with a populace. They knew this. They had to come up with someone. And then they had to use the news media to beat him to death on a a regular basis all during his first uh, tenure, uh, his first administration. Oh, you couldn't turn on the TV back then, Dave. You remember it. You couldn't turn on the TV without there was some kind of lamb blasting And they tried to impeach him twice. All of this was designed not to appeal to anybody logically, but to appeal to everyone emotionally. And that is why now, you know, no matter, and you can always tell an emotional attachment. Because when you present solid evidence and it's rejected, that's an emotional attachment. So when you tell the Second Amendment people that Donald Trump said, we'll take the guns first, due process second and they still support Trump that's an emotional decision not a logical decision when you tell the people from the south that Trump said i want to take this country back to the principles of abraham lincoln well the people in the south know that abraham lincoln sent an army into the south to rape murder pillage burn and they that was the administration but when southerners especially discard what he said about wanting to bring back the principles and then you have the other people who conveniently forget that the man was in charge of warp speed which brought us a vaccine and now he even still claims that he thinks the vaccine was one of the greatest accomplishments of his life and yet it is ignored when people ignore facts dave they are being led around by their emotions
0: yeah that that so that fits in in uh play with what i was sort of bringing up uh at the very end of the last hour, which is atrocity propaganda, um, because atrocity propaganda takes you into the emotional state. uh, And uh, I I think that's also why war as a PSYOP works so well, because it destroys the boundaries of acceptable behavior and uh, puts a whole new set of behavior into play. Oh, big time. Big time, that
1: is true, because then again, you come to an emotional flag-waving, stand-up, cheer, all this other stuff. You know, you see that, and then that is how, using a PSYOP, you get the American public to support your crimes while you're in the government. You know, all you have to do is put an emotional attachment to it, and 300 million people will go, ah! You know, it's just... Uh, they have worked these psyops to perfection, and people are led around by their emotions, and they just cannot allow themselves to actually engage their brains and think.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, you know, while we touch on the subject of of, of war, uh, what's your sort of? Uh, I mean, obviously, this what's going on in Gaza is not a war by any stretch of the imagination, because only one side has an army. Uh, I think really technically to have a war you actually have to have both sides possessing an army, could be wrong there but uh, what what is your sort of take on, on this and what do you think is the final outcome going to be like what's the end game and the aftermath of, of what Israel is doing in Gaza?
1: Well I think it's very, I, I draw uh, familiarities there and patterns and I think it uh, very closely relates even going back to the Civil War. I mean You know, We've still got people today who will scream over and over again, it was about slavery, it was about slavery, it was about slavery, and yet Abraham Lincoln in his first inaugural address said it wasn't about slavery. He sent a letter to Alexander Hamilton Stevens, who was vice president of the Confederacy, and said it wasn't about slavery, and it doesn't make any difference, and then you had the Corwin Amendment, which proved it was not about slavery, but yet the emotional part the people can't let go of that emotional attachment it's like uh, you know and i've said this many times it's like that uh, lady i debated in 1999 in uh, sacramento california over gun control and uh, finally you know i just kept throwing out facts and she kept throwing out emotional stuff oh these mass shootings all this other stuff and finally when i put out enough facts she finally said, and this was a mathematics professor who said, "I don't care how many facts you have; you're not changing my mind." Well, that's 300 million Americans today. That's their motto.
0: Yes. And, and um, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Where were where you? I thought you were finished. Well, I was. Uh, you know,
1: i kind of uh, thinking there. You know, trying to put the next thought together. But when we look at, you know, the uh, mess in You know, look at the Ukraine. You know, we say, "Oh well, Russia invaded Ukraine." No, we started that war in 2014. Thank you, Hillary and Obama. We started that whole mess by deposing a a a a president or a premier, whatever you want to call him, but a leader of the country which had been elected by the people, and we overthrew them. And you know, just like we did in Iran in '53, we keep tampering with other people's governments. And then, you know, oh, if somebody says something, oh, the U.S., oh, we're, 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 the, we're the guys in the white coats. We're the good guys. No, we're not. We have instigated war after war after war, and millions of people have died at the hands of the uh, United States with their programs. But we can't even begin to think about that because it is fact and not emotions. And Dave, I just wanted to tell you if it sounds like I'm in a shower, buddy. I'm sorry, but we're in the middle of one
0: heck of a storm here. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were multitasking uh, there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not exactly, but I tell you, we've uh, we we're right in the middle of a good storm. Okay, well, that's good. I like the rain. Um, well, so uh, do you do you think that Eretz Israel is actually in play? Do you, do you think they would dare? There's a lot, I mean, they're openly talking about Eretz Israel. Um, and of course, that's what the t- two blue lines represent—the two, uh, the the two rivers. That uh, so that would be define Israel's biblical borders. But do you think that's uh, just talk, or do you think that that's a move they're actually going to try to make uh, as this continues?
1: Oh, they're they're for sure. And the rain's getting heavier, Dave. I'm sorry, but the, there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever. You know that this entire thing is to take over all of Palestine, which was their original intent back in 1948. They just had to had to be patient, which they are, and they had to put this whole thing together, that this was going to be their homeland, and they were going to take it, no matter how many lies they had to tell to make it look like they were the defenders instead of the aggressors. And even some uh, news agencies now in Israel, are admitting that the attack by Hamas was pure
0: BS. Yeah, there's been some admissions that uh, the IDF actually did a lot of that damage between their their tanks and their helicopters.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it, Dave. And, you know, if you uh, are a student of military history and you go back and start looking, I mean, we can go back to the Six-Day War and uh, go back to that, uh, you know, especially since we've been talking with our USS Liberty survivors and you go back to that war and you look you know it's israel always provokes these wars and then pretends to be the injured party and what is the what is the uh, motto of mossad by deception we make war so they you know they will put uh, whatever information they need and they you know they control so many news sources they create a story and then the American public just goes slavering off, oh, we have to support Israel. We have to support Israel. You know, because they have that's an emotional attachment. That is not a logical attachment in any way, shape, form, or fashion.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh well I, I guess onward from here, uh what do you see as the game unfolding here over this next year? I know this is a difficult question, but what, what do you see unfolding uh, over this next year, uh, 2024 to 2025? Uh, what, what, what do you see, if you take out your crystal ball, what do you see as the future uh, for America uh, in this next couple of years and the Western world in general? Well, Dave, it's not
1: good. It certainly is not good in any way. And here is, you know, one of the things, it's hard to predict these things because I know, having been in the belly of this beast, that they have uh, the PSYOPs planned, and then they have, you know, a multiple of uh, contingency plans. What if the people do this? What if the people do that? What if this happens? What if that happens? They have contingency plans for each one of them. So one of the things they will do is if they throw out a... Uh, psyop and they get pushback, then they have options that they are going to go to. How will we uh, do this? How will we do that? As, uh, As I was told back in the late 60s, okay, well, we have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and the old crap plan. And they do. They look at each one of these things. People have no idea how much thought, how much time goes into preparing one of these psyops with all of the contingencies. And so, okay, well, what if the people, you know, stand up? What if the people all of a sudden quit supporting Donald Trump? What do we do then? Well, they have, they have plans in place to deal with that. So, uh, you know, I'm not trying to skip your question here, but it certainly is something that will depend upon how the people react. When you throw a psyop at them, how do they react?
0: Well, that's a great point, Mike, because they I think this is often overlooked, too. Uh, it's very important, which is they do have to operate within a greater reality. There's you know, the reality that they control, but then there's a larger reality outside of that that they, that they have to respond to. And so they really do have to uh, game these things out and plan them out depending on uh, what contingency happens. And so they, they are having to respond to how people react. I think that's a very good point, and it's often overlooked. Well, I agree, Dave, and I don't think that the uh, I don't think that most
1: Americans have even given that uh, five seconds thought. That they, you know, I've even had some very good friends of mine, been friends for a long time, tell me they don't believe in psyops. Okay, that's fine. But, uh, you know, that's your choice. You're an individual. You can choose to believe or not believe. Uh, I'm not going to try to force anything on you. But I think the results are plain. And uh, if you are a deep-dive researcher of history and not just believe that, uh, you know, I think about these things so often. You know, we had uh, William Casey. uh, When was it? What was it? He said, uh, we will know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public does when everything you know we tell the American public is false and then you had uh, what was his name uh, Colby uh, a decade before who in a statement before the United States Senate said the CIA owns anyone of any major importance in the major media well they are dictating to you a storyline which the people buy hook line and sinker you know, well, it came from TV there, Fox News, you know, that guy, he said so-and-so, or if you're on the other side, well, it was a uh, uh, CNN, and they said, and people believe that is the truth. Even though they were told four or five decades ago that everything, you know, uh, and I know this for a fact that I saw it, uh, you know, when I was there. That uh, actually, many of the primary people on TV, the big stars and on your news, whoever they happen to be at the time, when they go on at nighttime to give the news, they are given a script, which in most most likelihood was written by the CIA.
0: Yes, and and, and this information goes way back. They've had this in place since probably that we know, the 1950s. So uh, that control must be much more centralized and efficient and refined than it once was and it's funny you know uh, what what I, I believe it was um, Frank Weisner uh, who said that the the CIA plays the the media like a mighty Wurlitzer uh, you know the old organ and I, I think that's very true and it was funny Mike I was in a, a antique store a few weeks back. And I actually saw an old Wurlitzer organ for sale there. And, of course, I thought of that quote and I thought about you because, uh, uh, you know, that's not often something you would talk about.
1: Oh, big time, Dave. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to hit my mute here between the times that I'm talking when I'm not because I hate for the listeners to have to listen to this rain on my roof. But uh, anyway, uh, it's I don't think until the American public actually wakes up, and actually, start using their brains instead of their emotions. We're just, uh, we're, we're on a one way track to uh, political hell. And it's coming, and it's coming in rushes if the people don't wake up. And do I expect them to wake up in any significant numbers? No, because they're entertained. They are entertained to the hilt. Uh, you know, you have your. Uh, you know, what I call the lobotomy box, I started calling it about that 20 years ago, and that's your TV, and then they came up with the cell phone, and look at people on the cell phone, Uh, Dave, today, I've noticed, uh, just uh, riding down the road to go uh, get gas today, I noticed, you know, there were people will pull up to a stop sign or pull up to a traffic light, and then when the light changes, they don't move. (laughs) They just sit there and, and, you know, and then you beep the horn, they flip you off. Uh, they are on their phones time and time again, right up and down the interstate. As you know, there's an interstate right next to my place here. And when I ride to go see my grandchildren, I just look at the number of people who are driving down the road, two hands on the wheel, staring down at their crotch or looking at something,
0: uh, you know, on a pad
1: or what have you.
0: Yes. Yes, the cell phone. Yes, great distraction. Okay, we're at the break, Mike. Everyone, stay tuned. We will be right back with more discussion.
2: Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and fiduciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is. which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food. Seeing that the dollar is cheap, that's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And the gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis. Gold, a valuable thing to store, the power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the ides of rare coin dealers. And Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214.
0: We are back.
3: Don't you know that
0: I love you? Yes, we are back here on Republic Broadcasting Network. This is the Scorpio International Holding Company, LLC. I am your host, Dave Scorpio. And we are talking with Mr. Mike Gaddy about PSYOPs and the current state of America. And... Um, Mike uh you I think you made a very good point about um entertainment the americans are the most entertained um human beings to ever live on the planet probably and uh you know the the cell phone thing really is a big deal i think it's particularly sad when you see people out uh to dinner together like a couple uh, out to dinner together and they're both staring at the screen and i see a lot of young parents use the cell phone as a babysitting device for their very very young child, two, three years old, just staring at the screen to keep them, you know, fixated and pacified. But uh, my girlfriend and I always try to have a rule if we're out together, no, no cell phones, you know, because are supposed to be enjoying each other, not staring at a screen. And I think, you know, it's really easy to just lose the importance of life by staring at a screen. And, you know, I commented earlier about how all these corporations are going to self-check out with a screen and, um, you know, basically making you work for free uh, for their company uh, doing a job that somebody used to get paid for. And then, you know, you bag your own groceries and or whatever it is. You order your own food and uh, there's no one there. And I think, you know, uh, this idea that screens are taking over our life are, uh, is very real because now, now all the new cars even have a screen inside the car. Like all these years we were able to drive a car. You didn't need a screen. But now all of a sudden you need a screen to drive your car.
1: Well, big time, Dave, Uh, you hit that uh, nail right square on the head, and uh, all it is is to use every uh, tool available. And uh, let me tell you something, the uh, U.S. government operating through DARPA, especially through the CIA, NSA, DIA, uh, all of these organizations, they spend a lot of money learning how to control people's emotions probably DARPA more than any other, and most people have never even heard of that, but that's the Defense Advanced Resources Project, Project Agency, and that's exactly what it means, Advanced Research Project. That means they're always sitting there. You know, A few years ago, now it's disappeared on the uh, Internet, but a few years ago they were very, very proud of the fact that they had created a helmet for the United States military, which would control the brain of the person wearing it right so how they're doing it with you know and they actually had an ad for that on the internet you know telling people how wonderful it was that you know now our soldiers will be able to operate without fear you know that's not what they made it for they made it to control the minds of the people And, you know, and now we've got 5G, we've got all these other things that uh, allegedly, you know, uh, can be used to actually dumb people down. And, you know, Dave, look at the uh, decline in the past, what, three, four decades in the average IQ of an American. How did that happen?
0: Your thoughts? Oh, very deliberately from, uh, well that's a deep rabbit hole, but primarily from just the uh, public school system uh, that is really designed to churn out uh, low IQ individuals who don't have a a thirst for knowledge or um, higher understandings of of the human mind. Uh, Like John D. Rockefeller uh, said uh, over a century ago, I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. Uh, So uh, and of course, the Rockefellers were the ones that sort of uh, you know, pioneered the idea of taking over the school system and turning it into something very different from what it had been at one time. Yes, the
1: Rockefellers, the Carnegies, and the Ford Foundation were very much
0: involved in that
1: uh, starting about 1906, 1907 through that era. And they put, at that time, think about this, 100 and almost 20 years ago, they put $34 million into that effort. And you know one of the uh, uh, you can find it i 'm trying Norman Dodd he was an investigator for the Reese committee, and uh, you know Carol Reese, a uh, congressman out of uh, uh, Eastern Tennessee up there in the Appalachian mountains, and uh, he put together a what called the Reese Commission, and he hired Norman Dodd to be the leader of that to investigate what was going on. And, you know, this would have been 40 years later, 50 years later. And uh, Norman Dodd, even when they went to the uh, Ford Foundation, and he actually talked to the head of the Ford Foundation, who they willingly turned over their records. And Norman Dodd, in a uh, uh, video with uh, G. Edward Griffin, actually said that the uh, head of the Ford Foundation – said, well, you know, I really don't understand what you're upset about because I thought it was our plan to turn America into the same thing as the Soviet Union.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Well, appropriate song coming up. Uh, We are dealing with a lunatic fringe. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the final break.
3: That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org
2: T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org
4: Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee.
2: HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN.
0: Back here on the second hour of the Scorpio International Holding Company LLC, I am your host Steve Scorpio, and I'm here with Mr. Mike Gaddy talking about America, American psyops, and the possible future of this country. And uh, well, Mike, did you want to did you have anything else to add about the uh, public school system? And I would just add myself that th- this is not a conspiracy theory. Uh, the the Dobbs uh, testimony, um, this is all in a book. It's it's on the congressional record. They're very open about their intentions, weren't they? Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, that was one of the
1: things I uh, will always remember. One of my supervisors at the No Such Agency one time, when uh, they were talking about this plan that they wanted to put out, and I said, well, don't you think that the people will see through this? And I'll never forget the comment. Ah, no. With the majority of these people, we can tell them exactly what we're going to do and then do it, and they still don't believe it. So, you know, uh, we look at the uh, indoctrination that has taken place throughout the public school system, you know, now for, what, 150 years? So uh, surely, you know, during that time that it's absolutely been able to work. And how many people know that the mandated public school system, happens to be the tenth plank of the communist manifesto and it's being enacted over and over and over again and we actually have several government agencies in place to make sure that that is done you know and we used to think that our schools were controlled by local school boards well that's absolutely ridiculous uh... because they will go out and hire a superintendent for their school system and most all of them have been brought up in the Marxist education system. So the superintendent's not going to change. And Dave, uh, one of the things I think about so many times is the words of uh, that uh, wonderful quote from Carl Sagan when he said, One of the saddest lessons of history is this if we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we have been taken. And I just don't understand why people, you know, because, and that he hit on it right there. Because to accept the truth, it's an uncomfortable trip. Everybody I've ever talked to has made this trip. will tell you the same thing. It was not easy. This was tough. And for that reason, you've got a, uh, I forgot the gentleman's name, back in the uh, 90s, who wrote a book called A Nation of Cowards. And he nailed it. Most of the people are just too cowardly to accept the absolute truth because they would rather sit down, watch TV, look at their phone, or, you
0: know, some other form of entertainment. Well, that's true, Mike. And uh, as you pointed out, You know, when people have, when people believe in something long enough, they're invested in it and it actually becomes part of their identity in some ways. And it's very hard to give that up. And then also, uh, human beings are always creating culture. Uh, Some of it happens organically, some of it is is planned and um, hoisted upon society. But uh, you can create very bad cultures by normalizing really bad behavior. And I think that's another. Technique or tactic that's being used right now is the normalization of very bad behavior.
1: Big time, Dave. And you know, I think about the things that you know when we you know go back you know, and I hate to even touch on the subject, but when you go back to Trump, you know, and people, you know, you show them a picture of him going to the whaling wall with his mini beanie on, and many people don't know that that is a kind of a sacrament type thing. And and you try to tell people that he, uh, you know, he's under complete Jewish domination, and they go, oh, no, no, not him, no, no, not the Donald.
0: Well, he, it's like he's become a brand name, uh, you know, in people's minds. And, and, you know, I've said this before, but political candidates become like a Rorschach test for the populace. You can look at them and see whatever you want and interpret it however you want because you're going to get fed false facts and bad information from the media to help steer your opinion one way or the other. Because with Trump, what, what, one thing I think is sort of unique or notable is that they have created a, a, a saint and a demon in one person. It all depends on who's looking at the picture. One person will see a savior. The next person's going to see um, a, a a demon, uh, the man who will destroy democracy single-handedly, uh, the, man, the, the new Hitler... Whatever they want to say, you know, uh, it's just amazing how you can get such a a completely opposite perception of something uh, depending on your point of view. Oh, great observation, Dave. And that is the
1: fact that they use one individual to influence both sides and they use uh, Biden in the same way. Because you've got the people who love Biden. They don't know why, but he's a Democrat, so they have to love him. And whatever he does is just fine because they're, uh, you know, Marxist progressives. And then, you know, you look at the flip side, but they use these people to influence, so much influence that they can push from person to person and get people to. Uh, you know, I told someone, uh, you could get my dog elected president if you could just get uh, uh, her to run against Hillary Clinton. Yeah, because yeah, that's true. It does, You know, as soon as you... And that, I think, also, Dave, I mean, we might as well be straight candid here. The reason that Donald Trump was elected in 2016 is because if Hillary would have been elected, none of the people that we call the right or the right-wing Americans want to do none of them would have taken a vaccine that hillary clinton recommended so oh, absolutely you, you want to make sure yeah. that yeah you know you you stop and think about it uh, you know and i tell people this and they look at you like your hair's on fire but you know it's it's really nuts that you know and i i was talking with our good friend dw the other morning on the phone and i was talking about all of the things that are so obvious that you have to just absolutely uh, go around, or you have to forget or to uh, stay in the position that you're in. I mean, this government has been in place for 234 years under the U.S. Constitution, and it gets worse all the time. What does that tell you? Has it ever
0: gotten any better? Under who? Well, that's true, and, and uh, well, this goes back to what I was saying, too, is that you—, you Human beings will build a, a culture, and you've got a culture of corruption that's been going on inside the beltway for a very long time. And so each new generation that comes in sees that culture of, uh, of corruption and one ups it. Well, they got away with this. Well, I'll do this. I'll make it even bigger. And I just, it's, I think it's just a natural tendency uh, when, you, when you normalize corruption. It's going to get worse, worse, and worse, and worse because that's the nature of the beast. Well, and it's incrementalism, which you know they they couldn't hit
1: everybody full on with all of this at one time because then they might wake up and reject it. So everything comes incrementally. You know, you look at the things that are happening now. You know, I read somewhere I haven't been able to confirm it yet, but I heard now that the uh, United States military offers free castrations to any uh, man
0: who wants one. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, you can get free. Trans surgery, um, if you uh, become a, a, a new recruit. In fact, it's it's been in place for a while, Mike. Uh, going both ways, well, you know. So yeah, that's, that's quite a perk there. Uh, who would have ever yeah, thought? But, you know, but
1: it's not free, Dave. The taxpayers are going to have to pay for those.
0: Well, and it's going to it is uh, going to take away from the budget uh, for other things that are actually mean something, where people who are actually truly in need. Not someone who's mentally ill that wants to have their uh, fantasy fulfilled. Well, I've got a question, Dave. Well, is
1: a person who, when they are presented irrefutable facts, and they still believe the lie, are they mentally stable?
0: Well, no, no. I think that I, I think you, you end up having a real problem with. Uh, Uh, reality and and mental wellness when you believe in too many things that are simply not true Uh, you're at the very least you're going to be making very bad decisions and at the worst uh, you are becoming mentally ill i think there's no question well and
1: so we have a country of people you know who won't believe the truth if it's uncomfortable and Unfortunately, with the system that was drawn up with the Constitution, majority rules, and the states have no power. Now, are there people out there who will still tell you, no matter how much evidence that you show them, where James Madison said, well, we want to keep the states only where they are subordinately useful. And then Alexander Hamilton goes into his field, and he wants a government to where... The uh, states can be overruled by the federal courts. And that's exactly what we have right now. And we've had this for 234 years, and it gets worse every year. And you just have to ask yourself, what other instrument out there that could be totally just continue to get worse and worse and worse and the people still run to embrace it? It's That is a, a classic case
0: of mental illness. Yeah. It's a classic case. That's true. Yes. Uh, And, you know, on on one of the recent roundtables, we were discussing the, you know, the idea of uh, succession. And really, I I think we kind of came to the conclusion it's a great idea and it's really kind of the next natural, I believe it's sort of the next natural progression in things as people get tired of being under the boot of the federal government. But I, I think, in practical terms, uh, we we kind of pointed out a lot of things that would say that, at the very least, it's going to be very difficult for that to happen, if not impossible, as a political reality.
1: Well, uh, you're you're spot on there, because I don't know where you're going to go, because I am fully aware, and I guess most people aren't going to believe this either, but every governor of every state has a handler. And you many times you won't even know who that person is. It'll be embedded within their cabinet somewhere. Uh, you know, I know that in Arkansas under Asa Hutchinson, the his handler was a former lead guy with the DEA. And as soon as uh, Asa Hutchinson came into power, he brought this guy in as the head of law enforcement. Well, they have handlers. All of them have handlers. I mean, look at George W. Bush. You look at Dick Cheney. You know, uh, Bush was an idiot and he proved it, you know, for eight years. But Cheney was running the show. It wasn't him. And, you know, if you think for a minute that Joe Biden is running this show or if you think that Donald Trump was actually in charge of his, you know, it's it's that. Again, we go back to the thing they don't want to give up because the number one thing that most people can't do is to admit that they've been bamboozled again. Because that is some kind of, oh, it makes, makes the person look bad to admit that they have been tricked. So they ignore it. And then, again, one of the things, you know, that DW and I were talking about, I mean, look at the uh, 2000 election, 2000 election, the Supreme Court comes in and tells Florida to stop counting votes. And George W. Bush was, in fact, appointed president by the uh, Supreme Court. Yeah, he and, won five to four, Mike. Yeah, did you see any? Did you see any Republicans complaining about that decision?
0: No, in fact, you know, Roger Stone was the guy that that uh, ran that whole operation.
1: Yeah, and then we look, jump to twenty twenty, and their boy Trump gets beat in an obviously. I mean, you know, Ray Charles would have known that was a crooked election, and and still. What are they clamoring now? Oh, we can't wait. we got to get Trump in back in office, you know. The the elections are fixed,
0: idiots. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of things are fixed, Mike. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, you mentioned uh, Trump and Hillary Clinton. You know, there's, there, it turns out in real life they're actually quite friendly to one another, going to each other's weddings and uh, parties together and so on. uh, uh Hillary Clinton invited Donald Trump to uh, her daughter's uh, wedding, and he went.
2: So oh, yeah, a so lot of this... Course.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of this stuff is just for, for the cameras, and I thought the best thing Hillary Clinton ever said was there was one of these hot mic moments where she didn't know the mic was on, and someone kept got the recording somehow, and basically at one of these meetings, she was saying, look, we, got the, we have the version that we tell the public, we tell them whatever they want to hear, and then we have the real version that we talk about when we're in private. She actually said that. It was like, well, there you go. That's how it works.
1: Well, you know, these uh, hot mics sometimes pick up things. You know, it was a hot mic that picked up that quote by William Casey that we will know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Uh, you know, that was picked up on a hot mic. Uh, oh, the, I didn't know uh, that.
0: Well, oh,
1: that's Yes. And then we had, uh, you know, George W. Bush saying, well, the Constitution ain't nothing but a GD piece of paper. That was also caught with a mic that he didn't realize was open at the time. And so those things happen. And they tell, and that goes back to what I think about what my uh, supervisor at NSA said. We can tell these idiots what we're
0: going to do, and they still don't catch on. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, Mike, you know, when we started talking about Hillary Clinton, I, I it made me think of a Julian Assange because you know some of the things that he released actually embarrassed her personally. Some of the private emails that were or government emails that were you know private um, that that he published on his site uh, were really very embarrassing not only to her but to many other very powerful people. And um, I, I was wondering what your take was on. First of all, what Julian Assange's operation was. Do you think it was like a truly independent, essentially, it seemed to me like it was an an intelligence agency, basically, uh, that maybe wasn't under the right control. Um, what's your take on Julian, Julian Assange and what's happened to him? And um, maybe you could go into that a little bit. Well, buddy, I'm kind of neutral on that. I've
1: done a lot of research on that. He put out some great stuff. You know, but along, you know, if I may just jump from your question just a second, that uh, deal, you know, that we heard for how many many months about Hillary's secret emails, and she had all of this, and she had all of that, you know, and she had her own server, and therefore nobody could figure out what she was saying. That's all BS. That's total BS. Any keystroke that you make on your computer anytime you punch your phone anytime you do anything it's collected by the NSA now it may not be monitored on site at that time and there may be years of stuff you've done that they haven't decided to look at because you're not important yet but for the whole story of her oh, her secret emails and everything You know, when that story was going around, uh, you know, every time I would hear it, I would almost want to upchuck. But, uh, yeah, to uh, look at Assange, you know, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I look at that one, and if it was a PSYOP, it was a darn good one. But every once in a while in any PSYOP, when you plan a PSYOP, you plan a pro and you plan a con you have to have two parties to make your psyop work and you have to control both sides and that's why that's to control the opposition you have to become the opposition so they pre-plan you know both sides of the argument and so for that reason it's you know i thought so many times knowing how this government deals with people i've thought so many times that if assange was really be dead but he's out there and every references keep being made to him. So, uh, Dave, I know it sounds kind of hard, but it's kind of hard for me to accept, you know, unequivocally that he is real.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I that's why I asked the question. Cause I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp. I, I've never made up my mind decisively what was going on there because, um, it's very mysterious, but he does not look good. If you look at the footage, they've shown him a couple of times when he's been transported. And apparently, he's being kept in the uh, Marsh prison outside of London, which is one of the worst prisons in the country, if this is all true. But he did not look good uh, at all, in, health-wise, uh, when I saw him in those footages. But it, it's just, it, you're right, it, it's hard to know um, who was running the show because... Uh, Certainly was well funded, and but then he all of a sudden he picked up these enemies, and uh, you know the, the, it all started with a questionable rape uh, allegation against him from Holland. Well, here's the other thing too that I look at, Dave,
1: and again I apologize for all this sound, uh, but uh, when I look at the Assange situation, I know from actually again not to be redundant, but having been actually inside this monster. I know that if the United States wanted Assange, there is no way in H E double L that uh, England would say no. You can't have him.
0: Well, th- so that's another it, weird thing, Mike, is that when this when he first got you know put in prison in, in London, they were going to hold him for a year and then he was going to be extradited to the United States. Right. course, that was four years ago or so. It's never happened, and it just seems to me they they, they just I don't think they wanted a trial maybe because he'd be able to present evidence and uh, i don't know i it just it's strange it never happened though
1: well you know i was uh, running a plan which i'm going to bring up on one of my programs i was talking with my uh, buddy the uh, lawyer oscar stilly and we were talking about uh, you know filing a lawsuit i'm not going to say what it's about but we were going through that oscar is probably one of the most brilliant men i know and he said let me tell you something there is no way in the world that you will ever get a case before the federal courts that will actually be ruled on the merits of the case they will not do it if you go into federal court with a very strong lawsuit they will tell you you have no standing they will tell you that uh... they will take it and then it will die on the vine you know if you will remember the people who brought out the lawsuit against obama And then we had people who also brought out a lawsuit uh, against Clinton back in 92. And they said, according to the 14th Amendment, he wasn't eligible to run for president. And according to the 14th Amendment, they were correct. 14th Amendment was never properly ratified, but the federal courts wouldn't hear the case. Why wouldn't, if Obama was legal, why wouldn't the federal courts hear it? And we had, again, run back to the other point. We had the Supreme Court get involved in the election of 2000, but they wouldn't touch the election in 2022, 20, 2020. So why not? I mean, it's it's yeah. when you really look at it and throw your emotions out the window, it's really pretty simple to see the deception that we're living under.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point, Mike. Uh, yeah, why not? Um I think you're spot on about the the, the court. Um, I, I, all evidence points to that being the case, from everything I've ever seen, at least recently. So, yeah, amazing. What? Well, let's
1: not forget that the very first act of the very first Congress under the uh, new Constitution was to create the uh, the Judicial Act of 1789, which contains twice as many words as the entire Constitution. And it was totally unconstitutional, but did George Washington sign it? Of course he did.
0: Well, and Mike, this is something that's been bothering me. Uh, Why would a fledgling country like America that had just won a revolution against England, why did we adopt their legal system almost verbatim? Well, uh, we didn't under the Articles of Confederation. Under the Articles of
1: Confederation, each state had their own judicial system, and under the... uh, what Luther Martin proposed at the convention was that the only time the Supreme Court could step in in any case was when two states disagreed. But oh. boy, they, they the uh, Judicial Act of 1789 changed that.
0: Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, the The transformation of the purpose of the judiciary it's it's been expanding and growing, and uh, it's I think it's the most powerful branch of government now.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Robert Yates, uh, who wrote as Brutus, said there would be no power uh, over the Supreme Court this side of heaven.
0: Well, there you go. and That's a good place to end the show, Mike. I want to thank you for coming on. As always, uh, great talking with you, and talk soon. Back. I'll see you tonight. in two hours, buddy. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. And to everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. bye Bye-bye.
4: On the Lone Highway On the Lone Highway
2: Blackoutcoffee.com
4: and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's R E P U B10.
3: You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.